You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Doing well. It's a Friday. Beautiful a Friday. Friday in August. It is. Yep. Nice and sunny and not too hot, not too cold. Goldilocks effect. It's been a little while since we did this. Yeah, it sure has. Uh, one of us, I'm not going to say which one, has been uh, jet-setting around the globe and doing crazy <laughs> stuff this summer. So okay. <laughs> we, we don't need to go into that. We don't need to go into that. But I am excited because we have our long overdue second quarter market update. So we've had some stuff on the blog for a while. So hopefully our listeners have found that. But if not, we're going to kind of take a look at what happened in the markets in the right. second quarter and kind of bridge the gap since the quarter ended about a week and a half ago. And a month and a half ago. Life moves fast, right? So a lot has actually changed in the, uh, in the six weeks or so since uh, the quarter ended. You know, the second quarter, April, May, and June were, were pretty ugly. There was just nothing really good to say about it. We were dealing with rising interest rates, slowing growth, high inflation, war in the, U- in the Ukraine. The Standard & Poor's 500, the uh, 500 largest American stocks were down 16% for the quarter. And at that point, we're down just shy of 20% for the year, solidly in bear market territory. NASDAQ was down 22% for the quarter and just shy of 30% for the first half of the year. The bond market was down 4.6% for the quarter and 10 and a half, almost 10 and a half for the full, you know, the first half of the year. And that's, that's just crazy to see the bond market down that bad at the same time the stock and bond market was. So things were pretty gloomy at the end of the last quarter. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of stuff kind of came to a head, a kind of a lot of worst case scenario stuff when we start talking about the stock market and the bond market being down at the same time. We did a podcast, oh boy, a couple months ago, right, Dave, about the mm-hmm. 60-40 portfolio, kind of talking through that concept of the stock and bonds and, you know, do you still yeah. need to have those? So we don't need to re- rehash that, but, you know, that's one of those things that's, you know, got investors leery is, as the mm-hmm. Fed increases interest rates to try to tame inflation, bond prices go down, and the stock market has also been going down at the same time. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you got to take your medicine sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you got to bear through those short-term experiences right. to get in a better place. And we're, we're kind of starting to see that so far in this quarter. So that's yeah. kind of a nice change. Well, keep that, uh, keep that taking the medicine analogy in mind here, because we're going to come back to some medical analogies here as we, as we wrap up into kind of where things are and where we're headed. The last six weeks since the quarter end, our, our procrastination has paid off because we've got a little bit <laughs> like, rosier uh, situation to talk about now. At least it feels a little better. We've seen inflation abate somewhat now. You know, if you if if I had told you a year and a, if I had told you last year that the week that we got news that inflation was eight point five percent, the market would rally three or four percent. Would you have believed me? Not a chance. It's funny yeah. that you mentioned that because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, if Dave or I and our prediction, we do our you know prediction yeah. podcast yeah. every year, had even came up with that as a thought, I think oh, one yeah. of us would have thrown the other one out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, but that's the reality of it. And you know this, the so the market the markets rallied pretty well since 
the beginning of July and the beginning of the third quarter. It's, it was July was one of the best months in the market in a few years. And it, this culminates in news yesterday, and it's it's August the 12th as we're recording this, that the NASDAQ has actually restarted as a bull market because it's ri- actually risen 20% from where it bottomed out in mid-June. Wow. Now, it's still down 18% year to date, but technically it's in what's termed a bull market. And we talked, we actually did a piece on what makes a bull market and what makes a bear market. I won't bear, I won't bore you with all that again, but technically we're, we're seeing money rotate back into tech stocks in particular. You know, from my point of view at the time, I thought things seemed overly pessimistic in June that the market had sold off too much for what the news was. Now the question is, you know, have we come too far too fast on the recovery side and is it overly optimistic? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of short-term volatility and, you know, we yeah. don't like to make too many predictions, but one that I'm fairly confident in is that we're going to see continued volatility as we end <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of reminds me of that, you know, the the story Warren Buffett used to tell about, the, you know, Mr. Market coming to your door and just this <laughs> irrational guy that one day he comes to your door and he wants to sell everything he owns and the next day he wants to buy it all back for twice right. the price. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of that. That's exactly what I feel like is going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's no middle ground. <laughs> um, and, and so where we are right now, you know, the S&P is still down uh, almost 11% year to date. The NASDAQ still down minus 18 year to date. Bonds are still down minus nine year to date. But the mood is kind of switched to like, okay, you know, maybe the, maybe the, maybe we were set up for a worst case scenario before. And now it's uh, maybe rationalizing those numbers a little bit better. Yeah, it's funny thinking about those numbers and the conversations that we've had with clients. I feel like clients mm-hmm. feel a lot better right now, even though, yeah. you know, if we told them a year ago, hey, your portfolio would be down, what, our 60-40 portfolio is down 8%, they probably would not be yeah. happy with that news. But they're yeah. feeling pretty good about it right now. <laughs> I've, had, I've had two different clients this week with portfolios in that kind of our, our base 60-40 model that we're relieved when they saw, you know, it was at that time, you know, it's, it's come up a percent or two since, since those meetings, but it, we were down like 9% at the time. And I've never seen people, you know, sigh with relief <laughs> over being down 9% quite that way. Cause the mood is ugly. The mood has been like the, the news has been ugly. The mood has been ugly. And I think they, they expected worse. So, um, so that's, you know, the interesting psychology behind this stuff, you know, the, basically you know, Mario and Eric at East Bay give us a nice quarterly commentary and that's all posted on our website. And, you know, we, we talked, we wrote about it at the time, but we never really talked about it. So we'll kind of go through there. They do a nice positive things and negative, you know, positive signals and reasons for concern bullet point for us. And uh, we'll kind of catch that up to today, I think. Taking that cue, what are some of the, uh, let's start with the positive today, if that's all right. What are some of the positive signs that we saw last quarter? So early in July, you know, they wrote uh, that per Fed Chairman Powell, the U.S. economy is still in pretty good shape, in quotes. And, you know, the numbers have backed that up here as we've gone, you know, six weeks out from that. Unemployment is actually dropping. We have the strongest jobs market we've had since 1969. The other thing that's kind of kind of helped the last couple of weeks in the market is 
companies are, uh, while earnings reports haven't been rosy, they're not as bad as what was expected. You know, the, the, the numbers are kind of backing that up that, you know, when, when Chairman Powell said, said back in late June that the economy is still in pretty good shape, the numbers are bearing that out. Mario had unemployment rate remained at 3.6% through quarter end as one of his positive signals. It's now at 3.45, I think, as of last week. And so, so that's just continued to improve. And, and then, you know, their other positive note was that with the bond market being as beaten up as it was, now you can buy bonds that actually pay you yield to own them. And that's, (laughs) that's been, that's been tough the last couple of years where bonds, bonds have been an, an important part of our portfolio still, but, you know, back, I remember, you know, when I was a kid in this business and, you know, we, we looked at what the bonds yielded in terms of their interest was actually something to count on in the portfolio is a good thing. And we're back to that again, where it's a more of a meaningful interest income. So those are all, those were all positives. They noted, you know, I'd add to that, uh, you know, the fed remains committed to raising interest rates right now and fighting inflation. And, you know, we're, we're seeing the uh, inflation numbers abate a little bit. I, I bought gas for under four bucks a gallon yesterday. <laughs> you know? There's a win. <laughs> right. On the reasons for concern side, they had, you know, the chances of a soft landing by the Fed, meaning that they could increase interest rates and slow down the economy to fight inflation without overdoing it, causing a recession, seemed a little bit sketchier at the end of June than it did at the end of March. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you know, that still is kind of the wild card. Right now, things seem to indicate the Fed will, the the way the market is set up, the expectation is the Fed will keep raising through the end of the year and then probably have to take the take rates back down a little bit sometime in 2023 to re-stimulate growth. So the market is basically set up now to say the Fed's not going to, we're not going to completely avoid a recession. We're going to come back to that here at the end too. But you know the expectation is they'll they'll keep raising rates for a while, then have to back off. So if if there is, you know, I think this is important that the market is kind of set up anticipating that the numbers are going to make it, you know, make it official at some point that we've been in a recession. Yeah, it's just a really interesting time with the Fed and and kind of yeah, you know, that's a spot that I wouldn't want to be in because they're kind no. of. <laughs> burning the candle on both ends where they, you know, they can't do too much. They can't do too little that no matter what they do, they're probably going to push into a recession and then have to get back out. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And and that's, you know, in the short term, that's exactly what the market is watching. You know, it was interesting the other day, the job reports comes out and, you know, unemployment rate is down and the market takes that as a sign to sell because now, you know, everybody's worried that the Fed's going to keep increasing yeah. the interest rates, yeah. slow things down more. So it's just a really yeah. interesting dynamic right now. Well, and that, that's kind of where we're at right now. So it, right, we, we just had the second, we, we now officially have numbers that show that gross domestic product has decreased in the last two consecutive quarters. The economy has definitely slowed down and shrunk. And by some classic definitions, that means we're in a recession. If you've got two consecutive quarters of falling GDP, that's a recession to most economists. It's not anything official, but that's that's kind of like a classic sign, right? right. But on the other hand, in, 
if unemployment is strong and spending remains strong, and the Wall, the Washington Post ran a piece a couple of days ago that showed all of the economic indicators. Basically, it said, okay, we've had two quarters of falling GDP, but every other economic indicator is much better than it's ever been at the start of any recession, right. um, whether it's spending or corporate spending, personal spending. There's a, there's 15 or 20 different little charts and they show each one of them were in better position than normally at the beginning of a slowdown. And so to my to my medical analogy, you know, when you talked about the medicine and the cure with the, the medicine being the higher, higher raising interest rates to slow down, you know, inflation and whether that's worse than the, than the fear, I liken where we're at right now to having asymptomatic COVID. Mm. And so, yes, you know, technically we, we probably will look back at this. And another thing to remember is, rece- you know, saying we're in a recession is always backwards looking because we don't know until we right. get all the numbers. Right. <laughs> and, and so a lot of times by the time you, you can say it, it's over. And I think that's that's maybe what we're going to see. But, you know, if if you have a recession and very few people get laid off and spending can remain strong, does it really matter? And it's kind of like kind of like having asymptomatic covid the worst thing about it is to label COVID, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and and so I guess that's the other shoe to drop is there's so much emotion packed into the idea of being in a recession that a lot of people, if people change their behavior because they are worried about a recession, they'll create a recession. Right. So, um, you know. Yeah. You know, it definitely has the feeling of like, we're going to go through and, you know, at some point they're going to come out and say, Hey, we had a recession, yeah. but while you were sleeping and continuing <laughs> right. your lives, right. it's over and nobody really got impacted by it. And it just has that feeling of like sleepily happening and then going away. Yeah. And, you know, there's the old, there's the old, um, economist joke that, uh, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job and a depression is when you lose yours. And so if, if you have a recession and your neighbor doesn't lose his job, was it really a recession? So philosophical today. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, we're, we're laughing and joking and obviously feeling better than we did at the end of June. None of this is to say that things won't reverse on us here. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's always in the cards. Um, we've seen, we feel, I feel better because we've started to see inflation come under control a little bit. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was the big thing. If they're going to raise interest rates and inflation just keeps trucking along at nine or 10%, they're going to have to really crank things up in the market and the economy aren't ready for that. Yeah. But because we've started to see gas prices come down, we've started to see overall inflation get under control. We haven't had a huge disruption from Chinese refresh lockdowns. Um, Russia's still playing hardball, you know, with Ukrainian grain shipments and stuff, but some of that seems to be easing a little bit. Um, on the other hand, you know, I just heard news reports this morning while I was driving that, uh, you know, fresh concerns in Europe on top of everything are that uh, water levels are at historic lows and they can actually correlate that like the level water level in the Rhine to German economic slowdowns because they can't ship as much. And, you know, there was a whole ripple effect of things. So, you know, we're, that is, that's to say that there's, there's always going to be new stuff to worry about. That is certainly one of the constants, 
right? <laughs> There's always something that could potentially cause issues. Yes. So stay tuned. You know, the, the NASDAQ being in a technical bear market or bull market now does help because that was the most extreme of the bear market mm-hmm. situations in June, too. Um, but I think a lot of that is psychological. So we'll see, you know, it takes people then buying into it being a real rally instead of just a, you know, the, the, the old dead cat bounce analogy. Um, so we'll kind of see how that, how that works out. Um, I think it's always important to close these things too, by reminding people that the economy and the market are two separate, albeit intertwined things, because the market is always trying to look ahead and there are always those emotional components to the market and behavioral components to the market, make them two separate things. The market dropped anticipating a market slowdown due to inflation and interest rates. Now that that news is actually here, the market is trying to look ahead and see what comes next. It's always interesting and, and always one of the things that we talk about is, you know, we're not, we're providing this information so that you and the, the, the listener yeah. And the general public kind of knows what's going on, but you know, for our clients and for planning perspectives, not a lot of the short-term stuff affects no. the long-term plan. And no. when you're investing, you should be focused on your long-term goals, not necessarily what's happening in the short term. But very helpful to understand what's going on in the short term, so you don't make rash decisions, so you can get to the long term. <laughs> well, you know, I'll never forget. Um, you know, when I was fairly young in the business, making the whole short-term, long-term discussion with a client and he was an older client and he looked at me and he said, yes, but the short-term becomes the long-term if it goes on long enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you know, by way of bringing it around, I, I always want, I, I don't want clients acting on short-term changes in the market, but I also want them to know that we're not ignoring this stuff and we don't think they, we know that they're hearing it from other places. So we want to, you know, interpret it and understand and want them to understand what's going on. It doesn't necessarily mean we're revising plans around it. So with that, Dave, uh, if our listeners have any questions about the markets or would like to hear any other topics, feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. And as always, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Yep. Get out there and enjoy the uh, day and the weekend. Absolutely. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.